Well, let me read this uh, Isaiah verse again to us. I just think it's so powerful. It says, Therefore the Lord waits expectantly and longs to be gracious to you. You know, how often have we just kind of thought, wow, God, you don't want to be good to me, you know, or Lord, I've been bad and I don't think you want to be good to me, or, you know, and the world sometimes has a concept that God somehow is a bad God, but yet the Bible says, Isaiah prophesied to us, the Lord waits expectantly and he longs to be gracious to you, you know. Uh, it's hard for us to comprehend somebody could love us that much. Because, you know, uh, we have a challenge doing that. When, we, when people do stuff against us and uh, so forth, uh, we have a challenge doing that. But with God, He loves you no matter what. And that love can't be changed by anything that you might do. It's just a fascinating idea. And then he still says to us, you know, I just wait expectantly to do something uh, on, on your behalf. And uh, I want to uh, just to, uh, maybe jump ahead here just a second and just to read this because I, I felt like it <clears throat> just kind of went along with, you know, with what Rosalind was saying about breaking the threshold breaking the threshold and going through it. And uh, I feel like that's just a right on word. Does everybody have notes? If you don't, just raise your hand and the ushers will uh, raise them to you. But I, I don't know who wrote this. I, I don't have who wrote this. Uh, but I, I just want to read it to you because I, I think it does apply. It says, sadly, many people go to church today <clears throat> failing to become as little children. They just go to church to go to church. They have no sense of expectation. There is no desire to see God manifest himself. So they walk out of the church exactly the way that they came in, uh, the, the way they came in because there was no expectation of anything. The only, they only came because of tradition and formality, but were not expecting anything to take place. And I thought, wow, if, if, if what I share with you today uh, if you understand this, if you get this, this can literally change your life. It, and it should change the way that you actually function and operate as a believer. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's, again, been my desire for weeks and weeks. Is to think, thinking about this and thinking, Lord, how do we really get this across uh, so that everybody can get a handle on it? And then... Uh, you know, as the scripture says in so many things, it says, hey, test me in this. Just test me in this. You try it. I dare you to be like a child and try it. And let me show you how faithful I will be. Uh, the church has, to a large degree, uh, uh, been pressed against from the culture to, uh, to, to just step back and just to don't bother anything or anybody with who you are and what you are. They just want to push you back into your pew and make you sit there and be quiet and don't speak up and don't, uh, don't uh, consider making a difference. But, you know, that's not the call of God on your life. It's not the call of God in your life. The call in your life is, ha is to have purpose. And the call in your life is to make a difference. And, and, and not just a little difference. I mean, the big difference you're going to make is by literally doing what he, his first prayer taught us to do uh, and to consider, uh, as I mentioned last week, is, Lord, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, 
Now, we're not supposed to do that obnoxiously, as we've seen in the past. We're not supposed to do it obnoxiously, but we're still supposed to do it. How many would agree with that? And I said last week that we've made a prayer out of that when it's probably more of a mission statement. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want to see it happen. And, 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 and it's interesting because earlier in the Gospels, he says, hey, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. And so maybe there's something we're just missing here, and we're, we're kind of, again, sometimes we see things a little differently, but uh, I, I think if, if you're a person who wants to choose to believe that when Jesus saved you, that he not only saved you from hell, uh, from an eternal separation from God the Father, the eternal separation of life, he not only saved you from that, but he saved you into what he said was an abundant life. And I don't remember him saying, hey, you're going to have an abundant life when you leave the nasty now and now and get to the sweet by and by. It's not what he says. He says, you're going to have the abundant life here. Jesus lived the abundant life when he walked on the earth. Remember that? Nothing could touch him. Sickness didn't touch him. Armies came to get him a few times, and they couldn't touch him. I mean, nothing could touch him. Demons screamed out when he got around them. They screamed out and wanted to get away from the light. And, and nothing could harm him until the day that it was his time. Remember, he said that to the soldiers. He said, listen, if you really think you're in control, but you're not, because my father could send down an army of angels and just wipe you out in a moment. And so, uh, so we, 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 we're, we're starting to capture something, I think, as a church, as a people, that is, uh, is going to be more powerful than, uh, than we can imagine. Listen to this statement here. This is what I want to settle into us today more than anything else is for every one of us to get this. Faith plus word and promises plus expectation. Faith plus word and promises, word and promises plus expectation equals divine encounters and releases the miracle power of God. I said earlier, faith is not enough alone. We've kind of always thought it was, and we've kind of thought that we could just sit back and do nothing with our faith. And, and it just sits around dormant. But in fact, it's, it's, it's the faith plus words and promises plus expectations that will release the divine encounters in your life. And that's what I want to stir up in your thinking today. Um, expectation, expectation is actually our faith inside being released. It's somehow releasing it because he's already given every person a measure of faith. So uh, it, 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 it's wrong for any of you to think or believe that you do not have enough faith. Can I hear a louder amen for that? I want you to know this. I, I, you need to know this. I've just had so many people come and say, oh, pastor, you have more faith. Can you pray? For... No, I don't. I wish I did have more faith than you. But the Bible doesn't say that. It actually says he gives every man a measure of faith. And so we all have it, and it's not a matter of having it. That's why I say faith alone is not going uh, to do it. Uh, it's not a matter of not having enough faith. James chapter 2 and verse 19 says this here, uh, because, and this is in regards to me thinking that I just need to believe and that's it. And, and here's what the, the scriptures teach us. You believe that there's one God, you do what, and the word believe there is faith, 
I think it's pistis is in the, is in the Greek. You, you, so you could put your faith that you have faith that there is one God. You do well, but even the demons believe or have faith and tremble. Whoa, what do you mean there? Just a minute. Just a minute. Well, that's what the scriptures say, right? But in, if you go to the next verse, I don't think it's on there. It says, but you do not uh, want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. And we've always kind of tried to translate that into that we just work harder and do something harder. But really what he's trying to say is, I need you to mix your faith with something. And what is that something? And, and uh, so I, I, I believe that uh, in, in, if, if we can envision how it happens, okay, he has, he has uh, put faith in us, and now he's calling us to mix it with his word and promises and then with an expectation, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. And I want to read the uh, definition of expectation again. It means to expect is to look forward to something regarding it as very likely to happen, to have a strong desire to be filled with the anticipation and confidence in obtaining what is hoped for and what is expected. So, so I'm going to stand strong concerning what God's promises are about all of my life and my circumstances, is exactly what he's saying there. I'm going to stand strong in these things. And, and, and it's important as each one of us gets a hold of this, because I, I think we don't realize, many of us don't realize, there's, there's over 8,000 promises in his word for us. Now, can I ask you a, a simple question? If he would put that many promises in the Bible uh, instead of other stuff he could have put there, why are we not reading those and saying, God, your word says. God, I have faith and your word says. So now I'm getting a connection here with these two. Because our faith comes by what? Hearing, Hearing what? From the word. And, 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 and I know that the, in that particular scripture that you all quoted and know, it's the rhema word. In other words, it's the word as I read it that God then quickens to me while I'm reading it. Okay, so I, 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 I mix that with the faith that he's already given to me, and somehow it impregnates it and gets the ball rolling. And, 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 and then something can begin to happen inside of me with that word, stirring up my faith, the faith that he put in me. Uh, something can begin to happen, but how many know that it needs to grow and germinate? And I believe it's the growth and the germination that comes through my expectation. I don't just read it and just leave it on the side and say, yep, Lord, I agree with that. And, and I think we're kind of there. The church can be there a lot. I mean, we read some of the most powerful scriptures, and then we just walk away from them. We never expect or anticipate that God really wants to do the things that he just said. We never really say, hey, this is the promise of God. This is the promise of God. God's not a, a man that he would lie. And, and, and so we, 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 uh, we, we just kind of look at it that way. And how many of us have done that? You know, when we know that, what does it say? Where two or three are gathered, if you agree with anything, if two or, th two or three agree with anything, having it be done, it will be done. 
We read that and we know that. We actually quote it a lot when we're praying, but I think we've settled for that just to be another word, another verse, another Bible verse. What does it say? He inhabits the praises of his people. How many believe that? Raise your hand if you believe that. I mean, it's a scripture, okay? That should really beef up my praise, wouldn't you say? Why? Because I want God to inhabit this place. I want him to inhabit this temple. And he gives me a clear word and many others with, when it comes to worship. But yet somehow we can still, uh, uh, you know, race in at the last minute. Let me just be a father here for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, we can race in at the last minute have to rush to our seat, and by the time we look around and get adjusted and, uh, and, and so forth, and I remember when you have little kids, man, it's really rough. You got to do it, but it's really rough because mornings can be rough when you have little kids, but you got to do it. But, but, you know, we rush in, and then we're halfway through worship before we finally start to settle in to think, wow, I got to worship God, and then it's over. And, and, and we, we don't really have that opportunity to let his presence saturate us. Remember, the Bible says in the Old Testament, we're king, in the New Testament, it says we're kings and priests, and it says the Old Testament priests were satiated with the presence of God. He wanted them filled and, and just and totally enveloped with the power and presence of the living God. Because otherwise, we just go on living life the way we want to live it. We go on doing things the way we want to do it. We keep thinking that there's a way that we believe is right, and so we keep doing that way. And we only find out down the road sometimes that that really wasn't the right way. You know, and, and we actually see this a lot in parenting. You know, you see stuff in, in parenting with, uh, with kids, you know, us, you try to you know, you, you don't, they don't come with a manual, right? <laughs> would be nice. Uh, actually, with a manual and an electric collar, right? Uh, <clears throat> but they don't come with that <clears throat> uh, at all. So you have to somehow figure out what to do. But how many uh, parents would be honest and say, man, I did this thinking it was right, but it was really the wrong thing to do? You know, we, we just do that. I remember when we started working with parents in, in Idaho, and we started researching all the parenting stuff, and we came across, uh, across some uh, parenting training that we thought was outstanding, and really is, uh, and it almost worked on our kids. Uh, <laughs> but it was outstanding stuff. It was powerful stuff, but some of the stuff they were saying was so simple that I would have never guessed that that's what I should do. And it was just as simple as a lot of that. Actually, I felt like, I should have known that. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I'll act like I did. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we just don't know. And, and, and even marriage, you step into marriage, you know, and you think you know it all, and you're going to have it made because you're not going to do what everybody else has done wrong. And you really believe that until you start doing everything else that everything else, everybody else did wrong. And you begin to feel the effects of it and the impact of it. And you later back, look back and think, oh, yeah. We all do that, and, and this is what I'm saying. We, we don't want to find our own way to God. We want to find out God's way to God. He gave us a very clear manual, and he says, I'm going to put faith in you, and I want you to get into my word. I want that word to then mix and bring your faith alive, but then once that happens, I need you to begin to do something. And if you don't do it, faith enough isn't going to work. 
Because we all know faith is not dead, right? Just a couple expectation scriptures. We read this one, but it's worth reading again. It's in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope or expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart, or let's just say expectations. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred, though, makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. What's the desire? It's an expect. I expect this to happen. And when it comes, it's amazing and it's beautiful. And, and, and if it doesn't, it's disappointing. And so today, I guess, as a church, uh, what did you come to church expecting God to do? Or could we just honestly appraise ourselves and say, I guess I didn't. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was just happy to get here. <laughs> I was happy to make it here. And again, I know when you have children, that, that that's, uh, man, I can remember that. It's, when we have children, it's like packing up for a vacation every time you leave the house. You know, there's just a lot of things. But, but what did you actually expect when you came here today? Did you expect God to show up? Did you expect or anticipate him to speak to you? You know, I, I know that, that you have needs. I know some of you have pressing needs right now. So when you came this morning, knowing that God loves this gathering, he loves when we worship him, and he shows up, and we're ready, he's going to come and speak to us. <clears throat> Did you come here this morning and say, God, I'm getting out of that hustle and bustle. I'm getting in the middle of the presence of God, and I'm going to hear from you. I don't know about you, but I hear from God a lot. I actually, I heard a, just a word. He spoke a word to me this morning during worship. It's like, wow, that is amazing, God. And, and I won't share it with you, but it was, it was just like, wow, this is, this is good. You know what I mean? That's what he likes to do. He likes to enlighten your heart and your understanding. D- did you expect him to pour out his spirit on you today? You know, the old saying is, is that we have to continually be filled because we leak. And I believe that's true. And so did you expect this morning, even if you had to race in to get here, did you, when you get here, say, oh, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me up with your spirit. Or will you walk out the same way you came in as a dry bone? Did you expect him to use you today? Did he give you a word for somebody today in this group? You're in believers. They're all going to take it. They're not going to push it away. We all love to hear from God. Right? Did you come this morning maybe saying, God, I want to be used by you? This is not a testing ground for going out there. But you know, if we don't even have it happening here, I'm not sure that we'll get it out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we don't have the courage, and I like the focus, it's the courage thing this morning. If we don't have the courage to do that. <clears throat> and then what about this here? Did you expect him to show you things? Remember when we have spoken about the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks? 
Jesus, you know, just his last words to us is, listen, it's gonna, it's, I have to go. Why? Because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit who's going to be able to dwell inside of you as an advocate, as somebody that comes alongside of you, and he's going to lead you. Without him, I can't be led. He's going to guide you. Without him, I'll be misguided. And he's going to show you things to come. How many know we, the church needs to start seeing things to come? Really, we can't sit back and just wait and watch and complain about what's coming. But I believe he wants to show you what's coming. Because when he does that, then he'll more likely be able to use you not only through prayer and intercession, but maybe through some action of seeing things different. And I I just, you know, what did I come to church this morning expecting? And and I want to stir that up inside of us because it's very important. Uh, when we uh, when we look at the scriptures and we and we see this whole idea and this concept of expectations, uh, I, I'm reminded of uh, blind uh, blind Bartimaeus. Remember him? He comes, you know, and pleading with Jesus about his son, and uh, and, and 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 because of his expectation, he had uh, he had the faith. He had the promises. He knew what the promises were. He knew what the promises were. They were prophesied throughout the whole Old Testament. He did not have the New Testament, but he went back to the Old Testament. He knew by the stripes he's going to be healed. He knew that his son could be touched by Jesus. And when Jesus came, he reached out to him and his son was there. He expected it to happen. That's why he went with him, went to him. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Remember her? She broke through the crowd. And it's interesting because with, with, uh, with both Barnabas and her, uh, the crowd wanted to shut him up. Just be quiet. And guess what? They refused because they expected something. The woman with the issue of blood broke through the crowd and touched the garment of Jesus. And here's what we see. Here's what we see. She, ex- she would not have done that, I don't think, if she didn't expect to ex- receive a miracle from Jesus just by touching his garment. So she had faith. She heard that Jesus was in the, in the city. She heard about the miracles that have been happening, and now she's come connecting with those and saying, those are for me and my household too, and I'm going to take a hold of those, and I'm going to press through to get those. She had to push through to get those. Most people hung around Jesus, but she pressed through to touch them. Why? Because she expected something to happen when she did. <laughs> she expected it. And then we see in the scriptures, you know, the paralytic that took up his bed and walked. Why? Because he had faith, he had the promise, and he had the expectation to see that miracle happen. What about the ten lepers that received their healing because they expected change? That's why, they, that's why Jesus approached them with it. What about Jairus' daughter and the Gentile woman's daughter? And what about the man with uh, dropsy? What about all these case after case where these healings were taking place, but all of these people expected it, and so they approached it from that way. Remember the guys that let the lame man down through the roof? Did you think they expected something to happen when they did that? Absolutely, or they would have never done that. But they literally had that confidence and that expectation that moved them into action. So I believe, (laughs) I have faith I hear the word and the promises, but then i got to put myself into action for those. Now, you might ask, why is this so hard and challenging at times? Has anybody ever wondered about that? 
Why is it so hard sometimes? Well, I want to point something out to you just briefly here to maybe help you to realize and maybe to help you to stir those expectations back up inside of you to go with your faith and these promises. And it's, in, it's, it's the fact that the enemy of your life and your family has expectations for your life. Listen to this. Psalms 37, 12. The wicked plots against the just. So he's not sitting back passive. He expects to destroy your life. If he can't keep you from being saved, he'll get you off track. That's his. What about 2 Timothy 2.26? Then they will come to their senses and escape from what? The devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Now you got to hear this because this is why we can't be passive this is why we just can't sit back. 1 Peter 5.8 says, hey, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to what? Devour, to destroy. So see, we have this enemy that's coming against us constantly. Now, I believe we can have the victory over him. And I don't believe you spend your life fighting the devil but if you're not activating your faith and his promises, then you may well fight him the rest of your life just to survive. Because he's pressing against you, right? He's got this plot. He's not being passive. He's not sitting back doing nothing. So of those 8,000 or so promises that God made to you, how many of those promises do you think are still good for today? How many would say all of them? Because you know something? If you were raised in a certain denomination, they would teach you the opposite of that. They would subtly teach you the opposite. They would teach you that that was for back then because they needed it. But it's a stopped at this point. What are you thinking? You have the Bible. That's all you need. Just study it. Memorize it. Maybe Make sure you win the spelling, the, the Bible bees and stuff like that. And yet, none of those promises are for today, is what they would teach you. So we have that infection, false infection, permeated through the Bible, or through the church, that we have to step back and say, wow, have I been impacted by that? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this here. Would you read this with me? Let's just all read this real loud. For... Okay, pretty clear, right? All these promises. <laughs> All of them are yes and amen. And when, when the, uh, the, the word for yes there means it's for sure. That's what we would say today, for sure. And the word amen just firms it up. It just says it's firm. For sure, those are all for you. Every one of those promises. That's why when we encourage you to make sure you get some Bible reading and meditation in on a regular, consistent basis, it's so that you can begin to read the promises, take a hold of them for yourself, and then see them activated. Because then you'll begin to fight for those promises. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. What is that scripture telling us? That means we're heirs of all of these promises. These promises are not for uh, the unsaved people, other than the one about salvation, the ones about salvation, but they're for you as an heir of God, as a son or daughter of God. These are all for you. And that's what he's saying. You're heirs of what? The promises. You're joint heirs with Christ. And so anything that Christ had you can have, is exactly what he's saying there. Matter of fact, it almost sounds like a double blessing, doesn't it? You're heirs with God, but then you're joint heirs with Christ. So there's kind of a little bit more there, maybe. That you have this ability to take a hold of and to grasp and begin to say, okay, God, if this is your promise, we got to talk about it because I don't see it happening. God, this is your promise. I don't see it happening. What's going on? I think of the time when Patricia and I, we got married and we were unable to have kids for several years. And, uh, you know, we prayed about it. We we, we talked about it. We did everything about it. We did all we could about it. And uh, one day we were at a church service and one of the guys came up. They were having an altar call and uh, just said, you know, I feel like there's maybe some somebody here that is wanting to have children, but they're not, they just haven't been able to. And, you know, we were thinking about adopting and so forth. Uh, and we didn't adopt, by the way. Okay. Uh, I only told my kids that to keep them in line. Uh, but, but we had a guy come up to us at that altar call, and, and he prophesied over us. God gave him a word for us in that setting. And God matched that promise with that expectation. And that's what it ignited in us. And when we, uh, the, the, the story, the rest of the story is already told. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and what, but what happened is, you know, we were, we were losing kind of hope. But yet this prophetic word reignited it in us. And we saw a miracle take place. And, 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 and I guess it's just what, what I'm trying to say today is, what are you expecting from God? Do you know his promises, and then what are you expecting? How's the marriage going? If it's not going well, because marriages all go through five phases, they say, you know, from, from excitement and so forth to disappointment and to discouragement. But then the last one is that they finally get to this place where there's really a new level of love, a new deep love. And, and, and yet it took a process to get there. You know, how's that going for you? Have you decided that that's just the way it's going to be? Or have we come back to the promises of God about that? And what about, again, our kids? How, how are you praying for your kids? How are you believing for your kids when you see them start going astray? Yeah, they need counsel. They need talk. But you know what they need more than that? They need expectation. They need prayer. You've got to stir something inside of you to fight for them because remember the enemy's plotting against your life and your family. But you can stop that. We, have the, we said it this morning, it was so beautiful, all about Jesus, right? Jesus, Jesus. But yet I, I lose my expectation, I lose my hope. 
And I just want to say, you know, sometimes it takes a while for things to come to pass. If you don't believe me, ask Abraham, ask Isaac, ask Jacob, ask Moses, ask Paul, you know, just go down the line. Sometimes it takes some time. But like Paul is teaching us, he never lost his expectation for God's faithfulness. And in the course of it, God works everything out for good. He works everything out. He's not going to let us lose. We saw that in Isaiah. He's, he's for you. He has compassion on you. He wants to see areas of your life. What about the finances? I just think it's time uh, for you to consider your finances and make sure you're praying over them. Come on, we should be in a time of blessing. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. That's what he said. That's what my Bible says. Hey, I want to bless you. And I thank God that you have remained faithful in your giving here, and it's enabled us to continue to do things for helping people and, and missionaries and so forth around the world. And uh, let's just keep believing for that. I, I'm thinking now, even, and we'll talk about it later another time, but Texas is just going through a lot, you know. And I saw the other day where com, uh, uh, Compassion of Hope, I think it, Hope of Compassion, Convoy of Hope. I knew I was getting close to it. Uh, I actually just wanted to see if you knew that. Uh, anyway, uh, Convoy of Ho- Hope is down there, and they're a great organization, you know, and maybe we just need to send them some money. Maybe we need to get connected with that and see what we can do. It's terrible what's happening down there. It's still not over. So anyway, let's just briefly zip through several things. They're in your notes, so uh, you won't have to write much, but you can consider this. Uh, how do you, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Uh, in this all? How can you begin to change things inside of yourself so that you live life not only with faith that was given, not only with the word and the promises, but with your expectation for those things, for those things? First, I think you just need to meditate in God's word daily. I think you're going to have to just do a little bit every day and not say you don't have time. Miss your breakfast if you don't have time. Do something where you can just stop and settle and absorb in his word because they're his promises. The second thing is determine to be a purpose-driven, to be purpose-driven instead of pleasure-driven. There's so much out there in the world for us to just get ourselves locked into, you know, from television, movies, uh, to, to video games and all of that. And we can spend a horrendous amount of hours there and then say, I don't have time to pray and read my Bible. Shame on the church for that. I didn't want you to get quiet on that. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll have a better one here soon. Let me look for a good one here. Number three, remind yourself that you're the heir of God, what we just talked about. You are the heirs of God, so all of these promises are for you. Number four, remember, and remember when a will and testament... New Testament, when a will and testament, Old Testament, when a will and testament's written, it is activated when? When the person that wrote it dies. Jesus died, so this is activated. Right? Now we know he rose from the dead, you know, a little tricky head. But this is activated, so I need to read it that way. I need to search the will and say, oh God, how, where, 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 where does it talk about this or that? Number one, form daily habits that align with the kingdom values. 
form daily habits that align with kingdom values. I could really go off on this one here, uh, especially in light of what we see in the media from believers around the world about what's happening, the, the meanness and the, uh, just the grossness that's being uh, said by believers. It's like, ah, you know, uh, it's just not good. But align yourself with kingdom values. Number five, be a part of a connect group. I think it's going to be more critical than ever before. Jesus started the church by meeting in small groups and uh, I mean, in the temple and house to house. Uh, number six, pray for, uh, in your spiritual language. We've talked about that a little bit the last couple of weeks. Learn to develop and pray and enlarge your spiritual language. It will grow if you allow it to. Uh, that's what I have experienced. Number, have a daily conversation with the Holy Spirit. Are you stopping to talk to the Holy Spirit as a person yet? And if not, I would just encourage you to take some time to do that. I guess to do that would be, you know, just to share what's on your heart. You know, just to tell them what you're, what you're already thinking, okay? Just let it come out of your mouth. There's something incredible about that. Either it makes you see things differently just by stating it, you think, well, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you ever had that. But that was a dumb thing. Why would I even think of that? Sometimes we say it to somebody else first, and then we find out that it was stupid. Uh, it's better just to do it with the Holy Spirit. He'll cover you, okay? But just to begin to talk to him and share your heart and tell him your concerns and tell him your doubts and tell him whatever it is so that he can then begin to respond to you as a person and give you direction and guidance and show you things to come and help you out. Number seven, have a daily, uh, or number eight, be uh, quick to encourage yourself in Christ. I love that verse from David. David said, soul, why are you cast down? I'm a believer. I shouldn't be cast down. How many can say amen to that? I understand life and issues can create and cause that. So I don't want to be insensitive to that. And if that's where you're at, I, I do want to tell you, you can encourage yourself. And encourage means I give courage to myself. I can implant courage. And that's what David was saying. He was in total distraught, man. He was a mess. He was in trouble. And yet he said, hey, soul, he woke up one morning. <laughs> soul, why are you cast down? What did he tell him? Put your expectation in God. Put your hope, put your expectation in God. See, he got misfocused. He got uncalibrated with his compass. And he started looking at the circumstances and the situation around him instead of putting his hope back here and coming back to the promises. Come on. And then the last thing would just be, uh, begin to be an encourager of others. There's a real small principle in the scripture in Mark 4, 24, I believe it is. To the measure that you give out is the measure you receive back. So however I give out is how I'm going to receive back. So he wants me to give out. And I think we're in a day where, boy, encouragement would be a great thing to give away, don't you think? Let's just go around, just find somebody. Just look at them and encourage them. You know, even if you just say bless them, you know, to your cash register or whoever. You know, or, or can I pray for you? Or how you doing? Just begin to give out an encouragement. We have hope. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? What did and are you expecting from your God? Now, I, I, I want to give you a little challenge here, even for next Sunday when we come together. 
it would be great as you join us online you can expect from there that you would have some expectation and and i know for me if i, I just pray in the spirit or just spend some time in prayer on the way here even you know why do you think there's so many arguments on the way to church <laughs> somebody's plotting against you and when you catch it and you say hey stop we are not going there there's hope in god we come to church in a good place and we're ready to receive and then as isaiah said he's going to just download into you let's pray let's pray father i, I pray that uh today uh, each one of us would capture the concept of expectation and, and a dependence lord on you and your word more than we've ever had before as well as god uh, attaching ourselves to it to say no god that's your word to me this is what you want me to do this is the way to walk and i'm going to walk in it and that every one of us today whether it's for healing whether it's for finances whether it's for family, whether it's for marriage, whether it's for just uh, social issues, neighbors, whatever it is, Father, I pray an, an, an implanted uh, idea and thought of expectation for each one of us. And that we would no longer walk around empty and lifeless, but God, there would come an amazing stirring in each one of our hearts concerning this. It's your idea. It's your plan. It's your purpose. Your idea, your plan, your purpose for our lives. Would everybody just close your eyes for a second? I, I just want to ask you this. If, uh, if there's an area in your life that you would say, you know, I really want to, I've, I've just put that on the side burner. You know, I'm not really pressing it anymore. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe you'd just like to see your marriage take a, another step up maybe it's your children again maybe it's your finances maybe it's something that you've struggled with and you just don't know what to do and maybe even have lost that expectation or that hope that it could ever be different I want to just ask you to uh, in the privacy of your heart uh, to just raise your hand and let me pray for you signifying to God that you're asking him for his help and you're going to turn your expectation toward him. Would you just raise your hand right now if that's you, just anybody, whatever it might be. Let's, let's, let's just do it. Uh, whatever area, I want, I want to just say, Lord, just see every hand that's responding to you today. Lord, we know that there is a better way. We know there's a greater authority and a greater power that you give to the heirs of salvation. And Father, it isn't for tomorrow. It isn't for when we get to heaven. It's for now. And you want to change things now in each one of our lives, God. You want to remove the fear uh, that we have, of maybe finances or relationships, whatever it might be. And we want you to deposit in us a new expectation toward the faith we already have promises you've given us and we want to mix it with this so that we can see a release of the miracle power of Jesus Christ because everywhere he went when he walked on the earth was filled with miracles and 
we cannot deny that. His life was filled with miracles, and he said to us, these things and greater we will do. So we're receiving those today from you, Father. We're receiving that power today, and I pray, Father, that you would even, even, even immediately begin to open the doors that have been shut. Bust them open. Uh, and destroy the plots of the enemy against our lives and our families. And Lord, let the power of God begin to flow again. Let the miracle working of Jesus Christ be released in us and through us like never before. God, we thank you for that. And we just believe that that's your passion, that's your desire, and that's your heart. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God loves you. Has a wonderful plan for your life. Amen? He really does. And uh, I think we're heading towards some of the best days that we've ever seen in the heart and the life of the church. I believe that with everything. It's been stirring in me since the beginning of this year. I thought, wow, something, uh, what was it, Oral Roberts, something good's about to happen to you. And, and just to begin to see the, uh, the goodness of God in the land of the living. And you are heirs and joint heirs of those promises. Well, you have an awesome week. Greet a few people before you go. God bless you.